We're chatting with Christian McBride in town for shows tonight at the Dakota and already played last night. Christian, thanks for visiting Minneapolis. How did last night go? It went wonderfully. I'm glad to be back in this wonderful city. It's been a while. It's been a while, but it won't be a while till you're back again. In fact, you're going to be on the Jazz 88 main stage on June 24th for the nice. Twin Cities Jazz Fest. Looking forward to that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't, like, there was a stretch here between, like, 1990 and 2016. I feel like I got to come here every year, sometimes maybe twice a year. And then, uh, you know, just things slowed up. And then, of course, the pandemic came. Right. And I thought, man, they, I must have did something wrong to someone in <laughs> Minneapolis. Uh, but now I'm back. And, uh, and like you said, I get to come back again in June. So I'm, I'm very glad to be back here uh, so much this year. Well, you're never too far from Minneapolis because we're always connecting with your music on Jazz 88. During that run where you were always uh, in town, I actually got to see you, I think, within about a year and a half. I'm 41. In my high school years, I saw you once with Diana Krall and Russell Malone. Does that track? Would you have done that gig? Not in their band. We probably would have... Uh Done a double bill. Done a double somewhere. bill. Yeah. But then I saw you. Okay, so I got that wrong. It's been a long time. I <laughs> saw you at a headlining show at Dakota where you were there as Chris McBride, and you would step out after tunes and like sort of do a little showmanship. Do you remember what I'm talking about? And the, like a, a, yeah, you a, saw my first first band. Okay, so a, a keyboard player would kind of play the bass. That's right. And you would just sort of work the crowd, and it was. It was really exciting to me to see a bass player out front. It was really exciting to me to see somebody who uh, breathed a little bit of humor and also sort of showmanship and energy into the space. And that, that's, that, wasn't, that wasn't what I caught every night when I went to the Dakota in high school. So what prompted you to sort of present your show that way, way back? Growing up as an R&B and soul kid, you know, every great musician in, you know, gospel, R&B, soul, there was always... Uh, some showmanship involved, you know, yeah. it, just from the way they talk to the audience, from the way they dressed. Uh, obviously, the dance, yeah, you, you can't dance, you know, when you're playing. I mean, I suppose you could, but uh, that always influenced me, you know, right. and I never could understand that so many jazz musicians, they look as if the gig is an inconvenience, <laughs> you know. Uh, they, they look like it's a burden to be there. And it's just like, man, how easy would it be to get the audience on your side if you just simply, you know, act like you're happy to see them? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's different ways of doing that. But, you know, my, my childhood hero was always James Brown. Everybody right. knows that, you know. So, obviously, I can't do a split and, and, and flip my bass around like a mic stand. But, you know, I could bring some, some old school showmanship to the to the party well that, that is beautiful and it certainly made an impact on me I, I would argue it made an impact on how a lot of people went on to present jazz because i think you brought an enthusiasm and a willingness to express your enthusiasm that like you said could be missing from a lot of bandstands in the jazz world and i think it's all for the better to bring that type well, of energy thank you very much i know my uh two of my closest friends who are no longer with us felt the same way and that was Joey D. Francesco and Roy Hargrove. Right. You know, they were very much showmen in their own way as well. And Roy Hargrove was another individual who, the way he stepped on stage from right. appearance, from 
uh, in between show banter between the people he collaborated with outside of the jazz world, he exuded this thing where, no, I, I can be a young, black, forward-thinking male in a space where that should be welcome. But it's yeah. not always welcome. Right, 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 right. Uh, so thank you for being part of that vanguard because I think it made a lot more people feel welcome in an art they really should feel welcome oh, in. Oh, well, thank you. You do a lot of work as a band leader, and you're certainly in demand as a band leader, but that's far from the only thing you do. Probably the last, we got the, uh, we had the Joshua Redman album in heavy rotation, uh, but the last thing we had that also had your name on it before the new genre with Prime was Jennifer Hartswick. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of somebody who clearly has done their R&B homework, right. um, how do you make sure that when you walk in, you're walking in wearing the quote-unquote right hat? You might be walking in as a band leader, as a bassist, as a radio personality, right. as a record producer who's not going to touch a bass. How do you make sure you bring the right Christian McBride to you, every you setting? You got to do your homework. Yep. You have to do your homework, and you have to do what I, what I call simply reading the room you know you have to do what's needed you know obviously you go there with a purpose and you have something in mind but you always have to leave room for what does the situation demand you know i don't always play bass on records that i produce uh i try not to but every once in a while you might need to do that you know and vice versa there are some recordings where i would play bass on and I was like, you know, you probably should get somebody else for this, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think you do, you have to be very honest and you have to be very uh, aware of the situation and deal with it accordingly. But uh, uh, going back to the first thing I said was, like, you know, really doing your homework. Like sure. as a record producer, learn as much as you can from as many different record producers as you can. Uh, when you're a, uh, a musician on call, Pay attention to what the producer is doing. You know, as as a radio host, talk to people who have done it. Yeah. You know, uh, get into some situations where you have to practice and uh, and and maybe fail miserably. You know, because that's that's how you learn. You know, um, so yeah, do your homework. Don't be fail, afraid to fail. I think that's necessary. You know, um, and yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like it's working for Chris McBride, which is uh, pretty spectacular stuff. Uh, we love Jazz Night in America. In fact, we play it twice a week on Jazz 88s on Saturday nights at 10 and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. I'm catching it frequently both times, and it's you're doing spectacular work. You do a great job on that program of not playing favorites. Clearly, you come from a particular place, from a particular generation, but I hear you going back to the elders. I hear you reaching forward. The last one we aired was about Samara Joy. You seem like a person, maybe, I'm going to say more so than anyone else in the space who's willing to embrace the breadth of what this music can be and what this music currently is. How do you avoid playing favorites, and what fills your cup about doing Jazz Night in America? Thank you very much for all of those compliments. I have to give uh, very special credit to uh, the home team, which is WBGO in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Fantastic. Like-minded station. We, we love what right, they do over there. So. Right. And uh, our friends at Jazz Lincoln Center and NPR, of course. If you look at the, the total landscape of American culture, jazz in all of its forms suffers Right. Pretty badly. You know, within the jazz world, there's always this sort of unspoken, you know, I don't want to say a, a Cold War or a Civil War, but, you know, we, we break up these, you know, these 
like these subgenres in jazz, you know, uh, uh, avant-garde jazz, uh, post-bop, hard bop, fusion, uh, uh, smooth, you know, whatever it is. And everybody kind of makes fun of each other, you know, as I suppose all families do, all all groups do that. Um, But number one, I feel like whatever your main thing is, that's fine. Always have that be your main thing. Like, I'm a Art Blakey, Horace Silver, Cannonball Adderley, Miles Davis, first and second grade quintets kind of guy. But I'm very much also a weather report guy. I'm very much a Mahavishnu Orchestra, uh, Herbie Hancock's and Wandishi guy. I'm also a Chick Corea electric band guy. I'm also a steps ahead person. Uh, obviously, I'm a James Brown, Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin, Gladys Knight person. Uh, there's so much good music out there. You know, why relegate yourself to just liking what you like? Sure. You know, people always say, well, I know what I like. It's actually the other way around. You like what you know. You know, so uh, I, there's so much good music out there. And as a whole... The jazz community needs as much exposure on in, in all of these so-called subgenres. So I don't have it in me to play favorites. Okay. You know, I, I, I want everybody to get a little piece. <laughs> You're a Jazz 88. We're chatting with Chris McBride. Chris and I like to be honest when I don't know what somebody's talking about. I've tracked everything except for Steps Ahead. What is, <laughs> what is Steps Ahead? Hit me. Well, Steps Ahead was a group that came along in the 80s. Okay. And uh, a lot of different people came through that group. Um, Mike Maneri was uh, the mainstay in that group. Ileani Elias yep. uh, played in that group. Um, uh, 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 what's my man's name? Uh, oh, Peter Erskine played oh, in that yeah. band for a while. The Weather Report alum. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Rachel Z then came in later on to replace Ileani. So a lot of different... For for lack of a better term, you could sort of think of it as like a post-Weather Report type gotcha. of band. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Michael Brecker, of course. I, I got to forget Michael. Uh, but yeah, a lot, a lot of good cats came out of that band. Now, you got a really great band that you're in town with tonight, Chris McBride's new genre, mm-hmm. and you're supporting this new record, Prime. What are you loving about uh, being with this group of musicians and supporting this record? Well, out of the bands that I've led, uh, I would say, and most people who hear this band say this is probably the most progressive, you know, sort of on-the-edge band, uh, you know, which, which basically means we don't play smooth time and smooth harmony and smooth melodies all the time, sure. you know. Uh, I, I like the feeling of musically kind of going off the rails, but finding your way back on the road before you roll all the way down the cliff. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so I, we've been playing together since uh, the end of 2015. Uh, so we're in our seventh full year of playing together and uh, our second album. And I would say since, since that first gig we played at the village Vanguard in December of 2015, uh, this is the band of mine that I've played with the most. You know, I still play with Inside Straight, my quintet, um, and, 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 of course, my big band. 
uh, we we don't get a chance to play together that often because because it's a big it's a band. <laughs> but uh, the New John is probably the group I've played with the most over the last inside the last seven years. And the tune we've been playing on Jazz 88 is Dolphy Dust, which is one of the ones nice. that you wrote. Uh, no, Josh Evans oh, wrote that. Oh, well, I'm yeah. sorry. I've been giving you credit, unfortunately, on the radio. <laughs> i gotta, I got to take care of Josh Evans. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to play a different tune since you're in town. Uh, what's something you've been enjoying playing on tour that maybe I could spin for the people today? There's a few songs over here that... I got the CD if you want yeah, to take a gander. I, I, would, I, I would have a little fun okay. and play the first song, All right. Head Bedlam. <laughs> See what the reactions are to that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, we love it and we like an adventurous sound. So we're about that. That's something we're doing. So we'll check out Head Bedlam and we'll talk a little bit more with Chris McBride around the traffic bend. It's Jazz 88 and I'm hanging out with Chris McBride. He's in town for night two of a two night stand over at Dakota with Chris McBride's new Jean. Now, Christian, you're going to be back on June 24th. I believe you're bringing a different type of ensemble for that. Is right. that correct? Including right. Nicole Glover. Is that something? Yeah, something? That's right. So can you tell me about your lineup for the show that's coming down the pike in uh, June? Yeah. So at the uh, toward the end of last year, I decided that I wanted to feel some some younger energy. I never, ever, ever wanted to be one of those musicians that becomes crotchety and complain about the younger generation. You know? <laughs> uh, every now and then I get on this thread with uh, a couple of friends of mine, and they all gripe about, yeah, man, these young cats, they, they don't come to the music like we did. And I'm like, well, and they're not, yeah. you know, because they don't have the same situations we had, you know. 35 years ago, you know? And so instead of being that way, I decided that uh, we need to give these younger musicians some work and show them the ropes and throw them out in the deep end of the pool. You know, that's, that's how you solve that argument of how they deal with the, uh, you know, what's going on now. Uh, and then maybe we actually might learn something from yeah. that. So I would say toward the, into the summer, early in the fall, I put together what uh, I don't have a name for this band yet, but the oldest person in the band is thirty. Gotcha. You know, and uh, Nicole Glover, of course, plays tenor saxophone. A young man named Eli Perlman is the guitarist. He's a student at uh, Berkeley. Uh, he's originally from Tel Aviv. Uh, Mike King, uh, originally from Chicago, who's been playing with uh, Theo Croker for the last few years. He plays piano and keys. And Savannah Harris plays drums, and we had a little, a little short, like six city tour last year on the West Coast, and the energy from the band, the energy from the audiences, it was everything that I'd hoped for. Oh. You know, I very much look forward to working with this band more in the future. How's the hang? Can you hang with the references? That, <laughs> that no, okay. I, I'm not. So, so check it out. I had this conversation uh, with someone in the band, and because uh, I'm, I'm a big comedy fan as oh, well. Yeah, right. And so, uh, for my 50th birthday last year, I got roasted. I had a I had a celebrity roast, and one of the roasters was the great Jeff Ross, and uh, they were very impressed. They're <laughs> like, "Wow, you got Jeff Ross to roast you!" You know what was that like? I said, "Well, you know, it was about the closest thing." That uh, I can imagine the Don Rickles. Gotcha. All of their faces went blank. Like they don't know who, who, who's Don Rickles. Who's Don Rickles. And I went, 
wow, right. You wouldn't right. know who Donna Rickles was. <laughs> I said, okay, did you guys see Toy Story? They're like, yeah, yeah. I said, he was the voice of Mr. Potato Head. They're like, oh, we know who he is now. I was just like, wow. Okay, so I got to remember, when most of these cats in the band were born, I was already on the road. Right, right. <laughs> My mother warned me this was going to happen. You're so, yeah, well, if you can connect with them musically, that's probably priority right. number one. Right, right. Uh, I'm t- chatting with Chris McBride. It's the afternoon cruise on Jazz 88. Christian's in town tonight uh, to play the second night of a two-night stand uh, over at Dakota. We're talking on today, March 22nd, 2023, and I always try to ask folks when I connect with uh, musicians something that would be special to ask today. Um, Today is the 80th birthday of George Benson. Yes. So, uh, goat. Yeah. Can you give me uh, any of your feelings about George Benson, either as somebody you've worked with or just somebody you're a fan of? You know, what's your connection with George? You know, I always try very hard not to, you know, say very, you know, definite things. But just for my personal feelings, he's our greatest living jazz guitarist. Yeah. I've seen him. See, one thing about George Benson, I'm not sure a lot of people realize he still likes to hang out. So, oh. like, if, if, he, if he's on the road and the show is over early, he'll take his guitar to a local jazz club and, and go sit in. And I've seen him many a night just embarrass every guitar player in the room. And I'm talking about players, yeah. like, you know, well-known players. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, they, they still uh, they underestimate George Benson. Oh, you know, he's a smooth guy. You know, he went and did all that pop. I'm like, yeah, okay. You, you you just try to mess with him. Yeah. It'll be like sticking your, your arm into a cage with a Bengal tiger. He'll rip it right off, you know. Uh, so, yeah, George, is he's still the man. Love him so much. And now we're talking in Minneapolis, and the last time I really heard you talk about somebody from Minneapolis was, I believe this summer you had a guest host on Jazz Night America uh, from National Public Radio, because uh, you were talking about your own record, and J.D. Steele came up, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's where, uh, that's where I'm trying to get to. He's, he's you know, the Steele family just oh, is yeah. one of the biggest families, one of the biggest names, and similar to you, in my opinion, have stayed relevant and have stayed connected with young musicians and yeah. enthusiastic about young musicians. But it was really funny to hear this story of you sweating out in a hotel room and going, all right, Mr. Steele, here's my charts, and him going, right. We don't do charts. Right, So right. can you, uh, you know, you're in Minneapolis. Can you talk a little bit about the Steele family and working with J.D. Steele? Well, I first met J.D. in 1998, and uh, I was commissioned to write this long-form piece, uh, which wound up being The Movement Revisited. And uh, part of the commission, part of the, 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 the stipulation was that it had to involve a gospel choir. Right. And... I had no experience arranging or writing for voices. And so I almost turned it down. I, I, I can't do this. I don't want to do a poor job. And uh, the gentleman who ran the uh, foundation that gave me the commission, he said, we, we know a person you need to meet. And then they introduced me to J.D. Yeah. And uh, J.D. said, hey, listen, do not worry. I, I don't actually need that much you know, just give me a little tiny idea that you have. Just hum it. You know, just make something up. I'll make sure I get that to the choir now, and I'll I'll make it happen. I gotcha. And so from that point on, not only did JD help me create this piece, but uh, he's just so. I mean, 
insanely talented, you know, and uh, for years I only got the chance to work with him doing the movement Revisited. And then one time in Detroit uh, I saw the Steels because I had never seen them perform live. Um, It knocked me out, absolutely knocked me out. And then it, it occurred to me, this is when I realized that J.D. and I had actually met Years ago, and I didn't realize it, when I was a student at Juilliard, one of our uh, humanities assignments was to watch Gospel at Colonus. Ah. And the Steels were in that. And I didn't know it at the time. So I remember just thinking, like, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, like, uh, you know, the black version, you know, uh, you know, like Oedipus Rex, you know. And uh, when I realized that that's that the Steels were in that. I said, you know, I saw you as part of a college assignment. <laughs> what a trip. That, that is beautiful. And the music y'all made together is just Oh, man, stunning. I love J.D. I'm, I'm sorry he's, uh, he, he's not in town this week. Uh, I think he's gigging with the Steels in, in Atlanta. I gotcha. But he's a genius. Oh, yeah, it's, it's in, incredible. We're very lucky. And that's, I want to tell you, Christian McBride, that's the tip of the iceberg in this town. And if you ever decide to do a... You know, a Minnesota-centric Jazz Night in America episode. We'll roll out the red carpet for you. Well, you know, you know we did one, not specifically on Minneapolis, but we did uh, a big, I, I did a, a thing on Oscar Pettiford. Yes. Yeah. It was his 100th birthday that's correct. last year. Yes, that's correct. And, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely one of my biggest heroes. He's one of the, I know Mount Rushmore is only reserved for four faces, but I would have to have five. Okay. You know? And he would be on there. And, uh, I mean, gosh, I have so many friends here in Minneapolis. You know, the Steels. You know the Leeds brothers, Eric yes, and Alan? Yeah, I know. I know Eric. I don't know Alan. Yeah, so yeah. yeah and, and Eric might be sometimes not here, sometimes back in Pittsburgh. I might be wrong about that. Well, I don't know how often he's in, in Pittsburgh, but uh, I'm going to see them tonight. Okay. And, uh, of course, Jose James is a, yeah. is a dear friend of mine. And the Peterson family. Yep. I mean, Patty's know. actually a host on this station. Ah, uh, well, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, he's th- this this whole city man boasts uh, a roster of great talent. Long before and long after the 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 purple great. Right. <laughs> well, if, if the mood ever strikes you, we got all the microphones you could need to celebrate the musical scene here in the Twin Cities on Jazz Night America because we're so proud of what's happening here and it, it feels really good. I went so. to a place called, uh, all right, wait a minute, Bunkers? Bunkers, yeah. Yeah. The legendary Dr. Mambo's combo, hold it down yeah, on Sundays I went there and Mondays. Long, in fact, Alan Leeds took me there a long time ago and there were some cats in there jamming. And uh, uh, Michael Bland was one Michael of the cats Bland, that yeah. was playing. And uh, I think Sonny T might have been playing. Yeah, that, that upside-down bass sounded yeah. unbelievably good. Yeah, man, that was my first time getting to hang with, like, the the funk, the Minneapolis funk scene. And, uh, man, we had just, we had a ball hanging out yeah. after the show was over. And, man, you know, just a, a wonderful vibe and a, and a great family up there. On a short list of things I've already missed in 2023, Stokely took – 
Robert Glasper and company through to bunkers. Uh, and I missed yeah. that. And I was like, oh, I got the show, got the Sunday show. It's all good. Yeah, Did, yeah, yeah. Didn't think about them coming through, but uh, apparently it was it was legendary stuff. Uh, I can only imagine. And, and we've been talking about Minneapolis for a while without mentioning Stokely, which we certainly should, somebody who's just such an incredible part of the jazz scene, but of course beyond that as well. I, I worked with him uh, at the Apollo uh, no some, some years back, man. We did a Big James Brown tribute. And uh, I hired Stokely, and uh, man, he 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 killed it. Yeah. Well, we got an incredible scene, and it's it's all the better when we get a visit from somebody like Chris McBride and your group. And we're so lucky that you're coming back in June. You're going to be playing on the Jazz '88 main stage of the Twin Cities Jazz Fest on June 24th. Christian, one really nice thing that I experienced this year was your enthusiasm for the Grammy winners and the Grammy nominees on Grammy night. I was watching your Twitter and it's, you know, it's just so clear that you meant it. You know what I mean? There's too many exclamation points to not mean it. You're just cheering these people on. And I I don't like to traffic in the, are we having a jazz renaissance? Because I'm just excited about what happens every year in this art form. But it's got, you know, you even mentioned it on jazz night America. It's a big thing that Samara won that best new artist. Huge thing. Huge thing. I, I, I sincerely hope that, so many young people who might be in high school, because you know Samara's. I think she's still only twenty-two. That tracks twenty-three, right, yeah. maybe twenty-two, twenty-three. Uh, someone that young, and strangely as good as she is. I mean, because you know the thing. You know, when I first heard her, she was you know eighteen, right? And she kind of sounded like that then, <laughs> you know. And we were all in the audience like. What you know? Who's that old ghost inside of that young woman? You know, and uh, I think that she's going to have um, great influence on a lot of younger people right. who might look at her and say, you know, we didn't quite realize how cool jazz actually was. Yeah. You know, let, let me try to do what she's doing. Yeah, that's the mission, and that's yeah. beautiful. Thank you for everything you do in this art form. We're, we're so lucky that you've dedicated your life so thoroughly to this, oh, not, not just behind the bass. I got to ask, you said your Rushmore has five. I'm assuming yeah. we're talking bassists. Yes. You got to give us that because it's been burning in my brain. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ron Carter, Ray Brown, Paul Chambers, Oscar Pettiford, and Jimmy Blanton. All right. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people would say, uh, well, how, how could you possibly not have Charles Mingus? Well, he's on my Mount Rushmore of composers. Composers, right. You know, uh, but in terms of just the bass players who have directly spoken to me, yep. those would be my five. I love it. Chris McBride, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with Jazz 88. We're going to see you back here in June. Yes. And uh, thank you for making some time. Good luck at the shows tonight. Chris McBride's new genre. I believe it's 6.30 and 8.30 for Correct. doors on these shows. So yep. thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day, friend. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.